0: Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 6 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. This week on the Route 16 Grind. In the outdoor update, Chuck shares follow-up to the Pennsylvania animal abuse case that he discussed in Episode 5. In the From the Field segment, Chuck has a conversation with four friends and avid outdoorsmen from Uptree Outdoors who share their hunting and fishing adventures. In the Rock Mud and Dirt, I will talk about soft shackles and share a few of the pros and cons if you choose to use them. In our Go Adventuring segment, I interview Byron Roberts from Zombie Crawler Jeep Club. Then Chuck and I wrap the show up with a cup of joe. Route 16 Grind, Episode 9. Polyeline, polyethylene, poly. Damn it, why can't we just say plastic?
1: The Route One Six Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route One Six (laughs) Off-Road. Welcome the route one six grind the podcast for outdoor adventurers each week we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities if you wheel hunt fish overland or are an all-around adventurer this podcast is for you Each week, we pour a cup of Sea State coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your
0: hosts, Brian and Chuck.
1: Brian, what's
2: up, brother?
0: What's up, man? You ready for Alabama?
2: Yeah, about... About 90%. (laughs) Crazy, (laughs) crazy week.
0: Yeah, I know. It's always hard when you go on. I hate packing, first of all. Anywhere I go, I hate packing and unpacking the same way. I think if I ever won the lotto, I would just have disposable clothes. I literally would be that person that would just donate everywhere I go. So, yeah.
2: Right right now, realistically, I'm kind of at at the phase of packing where I'm just getting together all the small stuff. The... Pretty much the stuff that you know you're going to forget something and it's going to be annoying when you get there, when you figure it out. But uh, it is what it is. The important stuff's ready. The camo and the guns and the boat's ready to roll. So,
0: Heck yeah, man. I'm excited for you. I really am. Rooting for you, brother.
2: Cold front's coming through um after some rain on saturday temperatures gonna drop about 20 degrees gonna be in the the mid 20s for a low so i expect it to be uh pretty eventful
0: i think you'll have a good time it's weird here because we haven't had a winter really nope it's crazy it is crazy it's like we have a fall spring going on here but hopefully uh
2: hopefully it turns around and uh one more weekend of duck season after i get back so (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) i don't know if i'm gonna be able to become a duck hunter but we'll see you might influence (laughs) me there The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy
1: Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install, Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up.
2: Welcome back to the Outdoor Update, the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, and information from the recent goings on in the outdoor world. This week on the Outdoor Update, I'm going to be pretty quick. I just want to give a little bit of a recap of a story that I had recently covered in Episode 5. And if you remember back, I talked about an incident that had recently occurred and a video had gotten out on social media. Of uh, a couple of kids that, well, guys in their late teens, were uh, abusing a white-tailed deer that they had shot, and it was—I discussed how gross the video was and how they weren't hunters; they shouldn't be classified as hunters. Uh, they were animal abusers, and let's call it what it is. But so recently, um, charges have been brought against these teenagers, and um, the it, it, the investigation took about five weeks. But now that the charges have come out and, um, before, before I get into those charges necessarily, I I just want to read the first two paragraphs from an article about this incident in the Philadelphia Inquirer that, um, I feel like sums up the story and it also sums up what hunters are really about. Deer hunters aim to kill, not wound. Sometimes they have to track a deer after it's shot following a blood trail so they can put an animal down for good. But two Jefferson County, Pennsylvania teens who wounded a white-tailed deer deer while rifle hunting last November took out their phones instead and recorded themselves kicking the animal in the head. The teens pulled off one of the buck's antlers and then stood on its legs. They were laughing through most of the video. Um, The pulling off of the antler is something that I didn't really know occurred, like I said before. I couldn't really watch the whole video. Um, The laughing part was what I knew. But with the, the pulling off the antler, that takes some effort, uh, very physical. And it kind of adds another wrinkle to the story that just makes it that much worse. But one of the good things that came out of social media was this was reported to the authorities. And, and um, Pennsylvania's Game Commission announced recently that charges had been pressed. And I'm happy to report that both of the teens are facing... Uh, felony counts of aggravated animal cruelty. There are also com- some conspiracy charges and some misdemeanors and whatnot involved in there. But the, um, the animal, the federal felony animal cruelty charge is really what, um, what's going to get them, get them in trouble. Um, their, their hunting rights are in jeopardy. More than likely, uh, the punishment that's handed down it's going to result in them losing at least their hunting rights in Pennsylvania, depending on uh, Pennsylvania's laws. And with them being involved in certain programs, there is a potential for these guys to lose their hunting rights in multiple states across the country, which I'm 100% in favor of. Also, there's going to be fines. Um, it's, it's going to, get, it's going to end up costing them a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's not costing them nowhere near what it costs this animal. Their explanation was that they were trying to put the animal down. They clearly weren't. And come to find out, they can't even say if the animal lived or died or not. They left the animal alive based on the article that I read from the Inquirer. Because the Game Commission tried to track the deer down using dogs. Now... It's, it's that the, the last portion of that article is open to interpretation. i I read it as they were trying to track the deer down in the woods. I guess they could have been on the property of, of trying to find the deer on the property when they brought it back. I'm not, I'm not real sure, but it's, um, it's one of those deals where this story right here, it's not, it's not anything remotely close to what hunters are really about. And, uh, I, I can promise you out there, if you're listening and you're not a hunter, us as hunters, we are celebrating this, uh, these charges and we will be celebrating when, uh, the trial concludes and these two individuals are found guilty. I, I, I hope, the, I hope the punishment is very heavy handed. I really do, because this is the type of thing. And these are the type of incidents that jeopardize my future as a hunter. Um, and I've mentioned before, because realistically i we're we're only a majority of vote away from losing our ability to hunt in most places. So that's why we want to make sure we're doing everything on the up and up and doing it the right way.
0: Yeah, Chuck, I think what you started off with and you said kids, I don't care if they were forty year old men, fifty year old men, these aren't men. They are juveniles, they're children. At right. whoever does these type of acts, uh, you're not a man. Plain and simple. Right. Well, and,
2: and i don't want i i kind of why i started to call them teens is i didn't want to i want didn't want it to be like oh they're kids they don't know any better they know better they do they were taught they were taught how to do this um by someone they've seen something like this either this or the, either that or that i mean i hate to pass judgment or kind of ju- throw judgment their way or, or they've got or they've got some real issues because the video is terrible um and they're laughing about it like it's a good time and it's not a good time if, if you shoot an animal and you take an animal's life and you take the kind of enjoyment that they took out of it and punishing uh this deer and torturing it it, it's disgusting and i mean if and realistically whatever punishment comes about i'm probably going to be on the side of it wasn't enough um because of how bad the video actually was but you know i
0: I just question whether it's the first time it's just right. they know just oh, got caught. 100%. Just how much fun that they were having, and hundred percent. And it just it was this the only type of game? I mean, there's a lot of questions here that hunters are yep. asking, and you know, I'm fine with this because there there needs to be that type of example. Yep. Now, yep. I, I mean, there are probably some friends of mine that are probably questioning that because it's an animal and all these other things. The point is, this is like what yep. you said, you know. This is not hunting. This is not what being a hunter is about. It puts a bad image out there. And you know what? These people are not deserving of that opportunity to experience yeah. that because they don't cherish it. So that's my opinion on yeah. it.
2: I mean, and, and realistically, with it being felonies, they are facing prison time. Will they get any based on History probably not. Most people don't get right. prison time based on game violations, but just because it's a felony, I mean this is gonna have a serious impact on their life. Um, and and I hundred percent think it should. And I, I'm with you. People are probably gonna say, oh, it's just an animal. Da, da, da. You're a situation like this. They're impacting a whole lot more than the animal. Right. And they're impacting other hunters. They're. I mean, they're just. It's just a. It's a bad look for one. Right, But at the end of the day, it's totally wrong. This isn't somebody shooting a deer 10 minutes after legal shooting light, you know, or, or or in an accident. This is 100% intentional. It's, it's vile and you should 100% disagree with it and want the punishment to suit the crime. I mean, whether you're a hunter or not, that's kind of, that's kind of how I look at it. And the whole, is just an animal thing. Yeah, don't
1: fly. It's life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The red worn badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready, be prepared, go warn. <whistles>
2: When you hear the calls, you know we got a report from the field. And this week on our From the Field segment, I interview UpTree Outdoors, which is a group of friends from Colorado. These guys are eat up in the outdoor world. They're hunting, they're fishing, they they're they're enjoying themselves. They're they're filming to have a good time. They're putting their stuff on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook because they enjoy doing it. But I, I I'm gonna let them tell their story. But I highly encourage everybody to go out and give these guys a follow. They're doing something that I feel like is pretty unique, and they're doing it for the right reasons. What's going, What's going on? Up, How you doing, Oh, pretty good, man. Um, so I've already told the listeners a little bit about y'all in a very brief intro, but I guess why don't y'all just go around in a circle and kind of tell everybody who you are so hopefully they get your they get your voices <laughs> down pat by the end of this thing and know who's talking about All right, what. well, I'll
3: go first, I guess. My name is Trey Ozzy, and I film and edit for Uptree and – I'm a fisherman and soon-to-be hunter with these guys, and yeah, I'll pass it off to Corey here.
4: Yeah, my name is Corey Gannon. Uh, I've hunted damn near my whole life. Uh, I've done archery, rifle hunting, a whole lot of fishing, and I'm just out here trying to share the experiences and the hunts that uh, I've had. Uh, showed it off to Cody.
5: My name's Cody Coleman. Uh, I'm the only one in the bunch who's not a Colorado native. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Wisconsin up north. Uh, I grew up hunting deer, fishing, all that good stuff, doing some trapping with my dad. Moved up to Colorado. Uh, I started, uh, Corey kind of introduced me to elk hunting and uh, took up a passion for it. Love it. I go trout fishing with Trey a bunch. It's a great time. It's fun doing some filming for him and helping him edit some video when I can, what little I can do. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, yeah.
3: yeah. That's the crew.
5: Yep.
2: Yeah. So we got to talk um, last week for about an hour and I guess it kind of worked out. We had some technical difficulties and weren't able to record, which is starting to become a common th- theme for my interviews. But so it really helped out. Um, I was able to, to learn a little bit more about you guys because I don't, We don't know each other. We've never met kind of Brian reached out to y'all through Facebook. We set this thing up. I'm really glad he did now uh, because after last week, I was like, oh, this is this interview is going to kill it. So I guess the first thing, how how did y'all come together? Like what what's the backstory for Uptree and like are y'all all all lifetime friends? How did how whose idea was this? How did this all come about?
4: My my younger brother was in the navy with Cody and I got a real big relationship with Cody cuz our passion for hunting and they introduced me to Trey through them and we just started goose hunting, fishing, deer hunting all together and we just kind of thought it would be a great idea to do something together and Cody started the uh, Colorado hunting fish on Facebook a few years ago. And I, he got, what'd you get on followers for that? It's like, like 7,000 followers. Yeah, or something yeah, he got a, a really good following for it. It was an amazing idea. And uh, we just wanted to take something more like personal forward with us. And it just kind of came together. And I feel like we all like compliment each other with the hunting and fishing and we all know different aspects of different hunting and fishing things. So, yeah, definitely. So even further
3: back or how I met Cody in the first place was we were in an English class together at the community college in the city that I'm from the city that Cody moved to Fort Collins and um, we were sitting next to each other and somehow elk hunting came up and, my dad's a big elk hunter and Cody was just getting into it. So that kind of brought us together. And then I met Corey at his little brother's wedding like two years ago. And then we all started playing hockey together and Uptree came about. And that's kind of the backstory on Uptree, really.
2: And y'all have been doing this yeah, since last year. Pretty much fall, we right?
3: started Uptree like officially at yep. like the end of August.
2: Yep. Oh, so right right <laughs> around uh Right when it's getting going, oh, yeah. especially out yeah, your we way. kind of
3: figured it might be a good time to yeah. start right before elk season.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, so now, Trey, did you have a filming background or something, or did they just... Did you get, like, <laughs> short than the stick? Like, Actually, hey, I've only.
3: been making short films and, you know, just skateboarding, doing dumb stuff with my friends and whatnot since I was a kid. So... I've always had a background and in high school and stuff. I took videography classes and I've always had a passion for film, just never took it to the level that I am now. Not that it's that amazing of a level, but I'm trying to step it up and um, it's I just really enjoy doing it. So I kind of got that role with Uptree
2: well i mean the like i said i watched all the videos uh since talking to y'all and on the youtube channel like i told you earlier right before we got on they're they're spot on they're short but they're to the point and they get they get the the whole message across and you can really tell um what you guys are what you're doing and what you're into um the one that you just did Mm -hmm. from yesterday you were ice fishing. So now I want to know how big was the bass. inches. In the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, minus inches. 29. No.
3: Um, we, I, we did uh, not measure it or weigh it, but I would say it was between four and five pounds, around mm-hmm. a little bit over 20 inches. But uh, to say the least, it barely fit through that eight-inch hole that we had. So, yeah.
5: He definitely he, he did. The whole I up, wish we got the fight. So.
3: On camera, I actually wasn't expecting that at all. It was our first fish of the day, and I was just sitting there with the little fly that I tied the night before, messing around, and it ended up being a sweet fight and an even better picture and release.
5: It had that little panfish ice rod bent right over. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. My right? two two and a half foot and... rod
2: was completely <laughs> bent.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah, that was y'all had a pretty quick turnaround. Cause you posted the picture. What? The, I mean, that was just, yeah, So we before. posted
3: that picture. I think I posted that the day okay. of so Sunday and then I started putting together the video okay. last night and finished it this evening. So
2: yeah, it's solid. We'll go over everything in the end. Give everybody all your contact info as far as social media for your Facebooks and your Instagram plus YouTube though. Cause I think a lot of people that are listening would be really interested in that. Plus it's not so long right. that you lose so people's So when I'm not span. making
3: films or fishing, I'm watching so. fishing films. That's basically all I do in my free time. <laughs> uh, so I kind of, as a viewer, I'm coming at it at that perspective to try and make it what I want to see or what I would look for in mm-hmm. a video. And it, some stuff gets dragged along too far, and I like to keep it short.
2: Right. So now this Nebraska hunt y'all just got back from. Who was on that? Uh, that was
4: Cody and yep. our buddy Bryce and Seth. We we took
5: a trip out there.
2: Now how, how did oh, that great. go?
5: Um, our buddy Seth, uh, his family owns a bunch of land out there. It's where his family's originally from. Great. It's prime mule deer. There's some whitetail running around out there. Pheasant quail, turkey. Um, it was a blast. Uh, it was our buddy Seth's first hunt. Um, you know, kind of I was listening to your guys' episode, uh, episode eight, you know, and uh, you were talking to one of your buddies who just got into hunting there through that program mm-hmm. that you guys have. And, uh, it kind of reminded yeah. me of that, you know, he, he came to, he came yep. to us, he's like, man, I'd really like to get into deer hunting and try to try to, you know, get my own meat, you know, live off the land in a way. And, uh, it's like it's do let's go to your land out in Nebraska and try to get it done. And, um, up a tag he got a deer tag your buddy bryce got a deer tag i ended up uh just getting my upland game uh license to shoot pheasants and quail and because uh, you can get two yeah. deer tags with uh your one license in nebraska so figured a couple days out there hard time filling more than four deer tags so <laughs> i would just hunt the birds but uh yeah we went out there and we we gave it we went hard for you know but two days there and we seen some deer, but they were just getting spooked real easy. And then we were uh, walking this ridgeline and we noticed that there were about two dozen deer bedded down in this big bowl. So we, we snuck up in there and buddy Seth uh, put a sweet shot on a doe, and dropped it right there. A good neck shot. It's pretty good shot, you know, Dropped her tracks so doesn't ruin much meat or anything. And buddy Bryce uh, had a doe kick up,
2: I, I used to be a big fan. Of the I mean, it's a good shot.
5: shot. You know, you're not ruining much meat, you know, and, uh, it, it ends it right there. It's a quick clean yeah. kill. And, uh, Oh okay. yeah. No, then our buddy Bryce. He, uh, you know, another doe kicked up. She stood right there and he put a great, uh, heart shot on her and she ran about uh, 30 yards and dropped. And it was awesome. You know, uh, we got him cleaned up. I was showing a buddy Seth how to how to skin him and butcher him up and all that. And it was a blast. He had a great time. I mean, it was it's fun, <laughs> you know. Real passion for that kind of stuff, and great,
2: great trip. Well, it's crazy to me, it, and I know we talked about it on the episode eight with my buddy. But all these people that are getting into hunting, doing it because of the, the sustainability aspect of it. And it was something that I'd never really thought about. I guess it was just kind of always like second nature of, well, yeah. of course I'm going to eat it, but just so many other reasons going into it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's. So now do y'all go ahead. Oh, no, I
5: was just going to agree. I mean, you know, the sustainability portion of it's awesome. You know, getting your own meat off the land and eating what you work so hard for is awesome. It's the best part. man. It's the best part. R- right. Oh Yeah.
2: Now, do y'all travel a lot to do hunting, or y'all stay pretty local to Colorado, or is it just we've kind of dependent? Taking a
5: couple trips, uh, uh, Cody speaking here, I went to Washington State uh, last year um, for elk. You know, I mean, we've gone up to Wyoming fishing, uh, Nebraska hunting. We took a trip out to Wisconsin deer hunting uh, two, two winters ago. I mean, we, we get around a little bit. For the most part, we're local yeah definitely.
4: yeah i try to i try to go hog hunting right. every year in texas yeah well so, yeah
3: we get around quite a bit i try and fish well, and they many got them. places as possible but of course i fish my home water is more than anything and these guys hunt area seven like it's no tomorrow so
2: <laughs> yeah well i mean it's it's kind of like north carolina y'all got so much to do just within colorado I know. I, I mean, like I'm going to Alabama Friday, but the only reason I'm going to Alabama is because deer season's out here in North Carolina. But it's like, man, I got, we talk me and my wife are just talking about like going on vacation. And I'm like, it's tough to leave the state when there's so much I hadn't seen anywhere. <laughs> right, right. And so many things I want to do. But the, but the traveling thing is definitely a bug that I've caught over the past. Um, well, really this year, pretty good, but it's something we always talked about doing, but yeah, this year so far it's been Kentucky and Alabama for me. Only, uh, Only chasing those poor little whitetails, though. No big elk like you guys.
4: Get on out We're going to try to get three states uh, this coming archery season. I got Wyoming, Colorado this year, and then we really want to try to uh, get out there to Oregon with one of our buddies that we met from last year and uh, Hunt Roosevelt's out there
2: now the rosies is a whole different animal man that's uh that's quite a large elk oh, yeah are. oh yeah body-wise yeah. at least
4: yeah he, re- he was telling of us stories of packing out those elk and, and i can only imagine you're getting
5: like <laughs> 200 more pounds <laughs> yeah is there yeah, a, yeah. yeah. yeah oh yeah their bodies never, i don't even
6: know ridiculous. i
5: didn't even know that was thing. <laughs> huh. big old elk out there that's cool <laughs>
2: Alright, well we're back after a little bit of technical difficulty I'm not really sure where this cut out um, And I won't figure it out till we go back and listen to it But I lost connection during the recording Somewhere in the middle of Roosevelt Elk So, y'all are going to hunt Roosevelt's, Or wanting to Want to,
4: real bad yeah.
1: Who yeah, is it uh, uh, that you're going
4: for, with? Cody's buddy from the Navy, Justin Ford Introduced us to his buddy, Justin Who lives in Oregon <laughs> And uh, Justin had, squared, yeah, Justin, <laughs> justin, too. <J2. squared. laughs> right. And, uh, we Uh, we had a pretty good hunt up there, uh, north of Walden or south of Walden this year, and uh, he was telling us all the land he has access to do, and we really want to try and get uh, Roosevelt up this year, so me and Cody are going to try and get out there this year. Is that for a rifle, archery, archery? Oh, yeah,
3: archery. what,
2: yeah.
4: What
3: half, like the back half, or
4: what? Uh, The seasons overlap, so it'll actually be earlier than the Colorado elk season. So I'd like to try to get out there for the first two weeks of their archery season, then get back here for our archery season in Colorado.
2: So now y'all are going to be out there in the thick, thick stuff in Oregon, huh? Yeah,
5: thick, steep mm -hmm,
2: stuff. Uh Welcome. Welcome to the Southeast where everything's a briar thicket. God, that's, I'm, I get jealous when I'm looking and I'm watching YouTube videos and they're like, there's a deer seven miles away. Oh yeah, Must be Wyoming, nice. Man. There's,
4: there's uh, no that's no it is. Us archery hunting up here, like we hunt really deep, dark timber up, you know, Anywhere from eight thousand to ten thousand feet, and right, it is some thick stuff. That's some of the thickest
3: timber I ever saw. When Corey took me up to Elk Camp for the first time, right after I broke my ankle, we can get into that story <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was taking me up there, and like even just driving down the dirt roads to get into where their camp was, I'm like, holy crap, man, this yeah. is thick. Like you cannot see it. There was a bear standing behind you; you would not see him.
2: No. <laughs> now, I guess are, do, y'all, do y'all discriminate against weapons? Is it y'all bow hunters only, rifle hunters only? Don't care. We don't care.
4: We, we hunt like whatever, whatever season, whatever animal. It's all about getting the game and having a good time doing it.
2: Right. Can't can't fault you there. So now, when y'all are hunting that timber, I am assuming is that during September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So so you're catching them there, and they're running around bugling and everything going crazy? Yes, sir. Makes the archery shot a little difficult. Uh, Yeah. um,
4: We've had a a lot of really good shots and a lot of really bad shots in (laughs) archery season. (laughs) But you kind of just take what you can get.
2: That's everybody.
4: And add in the adrenaline rush. Yeah, right. yards. <laughs> yeah, I have right. yet to experience this. <laughs> a few years ago, i I went out with Cody just right outside of Fort Collins, and I called in one bull just below him, and he never got a shot on him. And as I was calling for him, I threw my bow down on a bush next to me, and thirty yards behind me, a bull came in right next to me, and I didn't have the shot at all, and then that one spooked out. And then all of a sudden, a huge what? Set, he was at least a six by six, seven by seven. Came up out of the bottom, right up on Cody, like thirty yards. I mean, sometimes we have some crazy encounters.
2: Yeah, well, I I know how t- I know how turkeys <laughs> get me going. And I couldn't imagine if the turkey was a 1,000 pounds and a couple hundred inches of antler <laughs> hanging off his head. So right. I'm, I'm ready to get out there. Like I told you all last right. week, Montana this fall, um, fingers crossed, it's finally going to work out. That is, yes. if the guy I'm going with, he'll probably draw some bighorn sheep tag or something. And I'll get stuck <laughs> on the sideline again. But yeah, so Trey – The question for Trey, why don't you hunt?
3: (laughs) I've been hunting quite a few times, and I didn't Mm -hmm. get my hunter safety until a year ago. (laughs) So hold on a second. (laughs) have
2: Do I need to edit that part out?
3: <laughs> I know. It's embarrassing. But, I mean, I've always been... A or illegal.
2: Man. I'm curious about that part of it. Well,
3: it yeah. might be illegal. Well, no. I've been on hunts, let's say. Let me re- rephrase my words there. I've never shot anything with a rifle or a bow.
5: Like, he's he's gone with...
3: Big game or, uh, or bird. Like yeah, I've gone yeah, with... And, like, I used to archery hunt with my dad and go with him. And I've been... There, when he's shot cows with the rifle and um, stuff like that, and like gutted them and everything in the field, but never like actually myself went out and done it. So, right, it's 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 a new experience for me. But I'm mainly just like a fly fisherman.
2: <laughs> well, I understand that's uh, the fly fishing bug just got me, so I, I got pretty pretty addicted to it. Uh, last year, especially right up until deer season came in, I was, I was itching to go and then pretty much all of deer season, I was like, I can't wait to January so I can go fly fishing. But (laughs) that was because my fall was miserable. A lot of lonely days in the tree staring at squirrels. Oh yeah. So Now, is that something y'all have any experience with like tree stand hunting for whitetails? I guess being from Wisconsin.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that's how we did it growing up for archery. I mean, right. we had tree stands
1: and at ground blinds. I mean, there was some stuff where we would go just kind of mosey
5: through the woods and try to do a little spot and stock. But how thick it is and all that. I mean, tree stands. We'd build tree stands and the ground blinds, and that's how we did it for right. for bow. And then rifle, right we had some tree stands, and we also did stuff like drives where we'd have people pushing out the woods to. People kind of stand on the edge, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like a way different way than like here. Heard. Yeah, yeah. Way different. yeah, totally
3: opposite. Anything I've yeah. ever heard of, because I'm from here and pretty much have stayed here my whole life. And I mean, I don't really hunt, but from what I've heard, that's a lot different.
4: Yeah, more, yeah. more in Colorado area, you get you go to a top vantage of somewhere, and you can see miles. Because it's not so thick, mm-hmm. and you and spot and stock, especially for deer. Yeah, elk's not not so much. It's more of get to a spot or call, but a scout. Yeah, just just, definitely a lot of scouting before season. That's trying to that's, locate bulls. And, yeah, that's yeah. how you're successful with elk for
2: sure. Yeah, yeah. No, the the tree stand hunting. I mean, honestly it can get downright miserable. And we got a couple spots here in the mountains that have some balds to where it's, it's not the alpine like what y'all are hunting in those subalpine areas and all those transition zones. It's essentially spots where they clear-cut to where it just stayed cow pasture. But when I get an opportunity to go hunt those, it's difficult for me not to essentially try to spot and stalk the whole time I'm there just because it's, it's something that breaks up the monotony of sitting in a tree stand going – well, I hope he walks by this circle sometime today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I totally get it, and it'd it'd be difficult. I see some people that even are elk hunting now from a tree stand, and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah.
4: (laughs) There's someone that I I grew up since I was 10 hunting elk with my dad and never once have we set in a tree stand. It's always spot and stock or – going through the woods, calling. It's, yeah. it's It's like always on the move. And that's right. how we've been super successful for a lot of years.
2: Now, I was watching one of the YouTube videos, the one shot, one kill. Yeah. That was last fall, correct?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, September th- or October this year. Yep.
2: So how, how did that go down?
4: <clears throat> uh so that was uh, me and my older brother Sean.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I <clears throat> I hunt archery every year, and uh, every rifle season, first rifle season, I go down to Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's where my brother Sean lives, and uh, him and my eldest brother Ryan, we go down there. It's been our third year in a row now, and th- it. The mountains up there are ridiculous. The hiking is insane. Nothing but like 12 to 14 mountains. And uh, last year, what was it? Yeah, last year, opening morning, Sean shot, uh, I don't know if you saw it on our Instagram, Sean shot a uh, five-point opening morning last year.
2: And Oh, that was him.
4: Yeah. That <laughs> was the same
2: guy. Okay.
4: <laughs> and then this year, opening day in the evening, we hiked down into this little bowl and uh we were sitting down, hanging out. I said I said, All right, you sit right here. And Sean, my older brother, he's not much of a he's never been much of a hunter us growing up. But he really got into <laughs> it in his 20s, so I've been trying to teach him a lot. And that's my rifle that he was using. And I told him, I was like, "Sit right here. Let's just hang out. Let's just hang yeah. out for a little bit. And something's gonna come right into this opening." And <laughs> we're sitting there bullshitting for probably 15, 20 minutes, <laughs> and then his eyes lit, lit up, and he was like, <laughs> "I see something. I see. I see something coming in here." I was like, "What is it?" I think it's a bull. I was like, "Well, shoot it!"
2: <laughs> and man, it, it came never right works out like that, though. <laughs> it at least out for me, perfectly.
4: it worked out great for us, man.
3: And you had your camera oh, that's right appealing. on him, too. It was, it was cool, like editing that footage too, because I got to see like all the raw footage. Of them just sitting there hanging out, and then a the bull literally just <laughs> walks right in front
4: of them. Boom! Perfectly. Yeah, it was great. I told him to yes. listen to me. I said, sit right here, <laughs> and the bull's going to walk in front of you. And it did.
2: I would still be sitting there, waiting, <laughs> watching that open. You're like, another in one's minute. coming.
4: I, I
3: swear to you. Any minute, year,
2: he's going to be here. Right it's, it's coming. It's coming. There's a no. There's a
4: reason I got 50 pounds of elk sausage sent in my freezer, because I put them on the spot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I'm, whenever, whenever I'm set up deer hunting, I'm like, okay, they're going to come down this trail they never come down that trail. They come from behind me in front of you, the complete opposite direction of where they should be coming from. So, yeah, that's awesome for it to work out like that, man. That's great. So he's, I noticed in one of the videos, he's not the part-time hunter though, right? Because y'all got a part-time hunter on the Yeah. The part-timer is Kyle or
4: Cody. Or part-timer Cody, is my Corey's,
3: younger brother. Cory's little brother, Kyle.
1: Okay. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Part-time I saw <laughs> Well,
2: you, um, I don't know. I hate to ask this. Every time I ask y'all about somebody, y'all have no clue who it is. Which I don't understand how you have a YouTube channel and don't know who half these people are. Born and raised outdoors. Never heard of them. Yep. Not Jeez. <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> yeah. No I know. yeah. We
4: we know. We know. know I don't okay. I was going to
2: say this I give up Oh man So with their guy uh, They got part time Hunter And I, I feel terrible now Because my mind oh, just man. went blank on his real name Um, J- Just call Wesley. him Rick Hi. Rick Yeah no Wes He's Rick. their part time Hunter So when I saw that I was like oh.
3: They're so that's oh, cool no. though man stupid <laughs> i didn't even know about that i didn't either
2: <laughs> well, we're, but we're that's Richmond, that's so. cool that yeah, i mean y'all are, so y'all are involving everybody in yeah, the in I the, the up tree adventures not just your little circle well i guess it's a no. circle y'all just got it it's a little bit bigger
3: it's more yeah. of, it's more of a triangle that merges into a Circle something. <laughs> little, yeah, little appearances here and there, yeah. Cody, Corey, yes. and I are the main uptreers that are usually filming or going out, but the other guys do go out and hunt and fish and everything too, so we like to incorporate them. They're our good friends, so. Um,
2: yeah. We like to, we nah, like to give good. them
3: an uptree title of some sort.
2: That works, man. Make them feel special. Throw them in the credits. Yeah.
3: <laughs> They're definitely special. Special.
2: oh that's good man so now the uh this with uptree and like everything that you guys are doing i mean realistically what's your goal i know we talked about that a little bit last time uh last week and i kind of cut y'all off because i didn't want to get into too many details but like where do y'all see this going forward
3: Like I was saying before last week, as far as right now, we're trying to keep it pretty casual. Um, We're just doing it because we love it. And if opportunities rise, we'll take them. But we're not seeking anything other than just putting out our content, having fun with it, hopefully getting people to get outdoors and experience some of the same stuff we are and. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, even in Fort Collins, how, like, close to the outdoors you can get just out of your backyard. Like, we try and portray all that in our videos and posts and whatever. We just want other people to get out. We want our friends to get out and enjoy the same stuff we are.
2: Right. Well, like, you brought up, like, being so close to the outdoors in Fort Collins. Like the ice fishing video.
3: Yeah, that's literally in, like in the center of our town. Really? Yeah, that is <laughs> that's in the center of our town and we have the Pooter River running through our town too, which I fish multiple mm-hmm. times a week and there's big trout in there and some people don't realize that, but some people do and they get to experience it and enjoy it. So
2: Yeah, man, it's crazy to me that you can live there, river going through town and not realize there's fish in it.
3: Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to notice if you, if you're not into it, like we've got homeless people hanging out down by the river and like, it's like, it doesn't look that great, but I mean, if you can imagine a hundred years ago, what it would be like out here, like right in the foothills, a river coming out of the Canyon, like that's prime territory for some good trout, some good fishing and. We have tons of deer out here, even in the city and just up in the horse tooth and stuff, a lake, a reservoir right by us. And we're pretty much in the thick of it, if you think about it. So, Yeah, Yeah, that's that's awesome.
4: You mentioned that uh, big deer that Cody got, what was it, three years ago? That was 15 minutes from, or 20 minutes from downtown Fort Collins. A couple of turkey pictures, that we've got are just the same range. So, I mean, something we like to spread that there's a lot of good hunting around here. You just got to actually get away from the city.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Anybody that wants to look at that buck that they just mentioned, uh, it's on the Instagram page. We'll go over that later. It's about three quarters of the way down and to a North Carolina guy, that's a stomper. I don't care what anybody swamp donkey. says.
4: Donkey. Yeah. Swamp donkey. Yeah, swamp donkey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to y'all. Listen. We'll
2: make white tail hunters out of you yet.
4: Yeah. We're going to no North Carolina over here.
2: Have you grunting and rattling for bucks in no time? <laughs> you come to North Carolina, we're going to have you shooting a bunch of those. What we're going to have you doing. That'll be good, man. Hey, six tags, man. 40 bucks. Be jealous. That oh, is insane.
5: Gosh. <laughs> just, that is
4: that's eggs for that's eggs better than us for resident. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, two turks. I mean, so we hilarious. we got it made, and everybody's jealous of y'all. So <laughs> you know you really don't even think about it. I mean, realistically, like hunting South Carolina, you can kill seventeen deer in South Carolina if you live there. God, now, you got to travel a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, small
5: little elk population going right.
2: Yeah. Uh hundred and fifty is the number that <laughs> I mean, people hey. will agree. They'll agree to 150. There's more than that. Um, okay. I work with the 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 Elk Foundation here in North Carolina. Um, okay. friends with biologists and stuff, and the the agreeable number are 150. Okay. They've they've already established the rules, at least my understanding, they've established the rules to have a season. It's just a matter of when are they going to implement those rules and allow the season to happen i don't really see it um too quick just because they want to draw most of the elk are in great smoky mountains national park and they want to pull those elk out of the park up onto some public land that you can hunt and the elk foundation's done a good job uh through by securing the land that they that they want to eventually open up to elk hunting but you can already deer hunt it and everything but yeah no the population's doing really good now um the black bears really hit them on the head at first because these elk coming in didn't really know what the heck a black bear was or, or how to, how to raise the calves of the year without a bear coming in and swooping them up. So it was easy pickings, but yeah, we got elk man. And it's a, it's a trip to go see them. The first time I ever went up there, it was, I'd have stood there in awe, like 75 <laughs> yards from this elk, just like laying there. And he's this old broke up rag horn. Probably been beat to death all year trying to chase the ladies around. But, no, it was crazy. Heck, <laughs> like, yeah. So That's super cool. We've That's been back up to the see room. them during the rut. So, it's impressive. Oh,
1: definitely. It's got to be a pretty cool
5: sight seeing the Great Smokies bugling up and everything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. So
2: cool. Oh, yeah. Well, where they winter at, too, is in a big valley. So, it's just a big meadow. And when they get out in there, the the – the bigger bulls are in town. Uh, Cherokee, it's the Indian reservation, real close by, is where a lot of the bigger bulls are. Um, but a big portion of the herd gets down in that valley, so you can just ride in there and check them out. And they're just out in the field sunning. Um, that's cool. It's it's a lot of people aren't even aware of it that live here. But yeah, no, I'm I, I think it's awesome that they brought them back.
3: Yeah, it's cool. So have you been to Colorado at all, Chuck? Nope.
2: Uh well no I lied I just got back from Breckenridge everybody knows that on the oh, podcast they okay. were they were gonna, they go. were gonna yeah. call me out Did yeah I was out there yeah yeah okay. my yeah, wife's thirtieth birthday so
4: oh wait you may have mentioned that
2: yep yeah it. we went out snowboarding but we we backpacked Utah wow
4: no it no invite. Yeah, what the? Yeah,
2: well, the uh, hell, Brian man. actually, Brian was like, "Well, maybe you can get together with these guys." And da 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 da. I'm like, "Yeah, hey, three guys I've never met. You want to go to my wife's thirtieth birthday party? <laughs>
4: sounds like a good time. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I was let's so see, in my let's life. see let's how mad. I,
2: let's see how mad I can make her in the next four days.
3: Do you know it's even worse than me not even hunting? <laughs> I don't snowboard or ski either, uh, and I grew up here. My entire
2: life. And I've been once. Well, I've um it's it's actually on and y'all probably don't know who Stephenelli is either. Y'all live under a rock. Oh, yeah,
4: we know meat meat eater. We do watch come that. On.
2: But well, you don't know who a lot of other people are. But no, <laughs> on right. his pod on his podcast this week, he actually says that you cannot ski or snowboard and be a true outdoorsman.
3: See, there we go. Confirmation. your yeah. I mean, outdoors, it takes much time a, and money. That's a damn takes,
2: lie. <laughs> he says it takes the time away <laughs> when you could out. When you could be out trapping or doing something else. He that's says my so. Unless excuse uh, you,
3: for now. From now, he said so. Yeah. Unless to you're skiing
2: to go machine. kill something, <laughs> then don't do it. But that's funny. <laughs> I snowboard
4: and snow machine ninety percent of the winter, and I still kill more than most. <laughs>
2: Outdoors, right? Yeah, I mean, the snow machine.
4: Uh
3: I like him, I like Steve.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, um, (laughs) they've done a lot, um, in terms of benefiting the hunting and spreading the message and all that. And it's man, it's really nice to see somebody not. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to bash somebody, it's gonna come off like I'm bashing people, but and it's us whitetail people that do this whole hokey. Like deer hunting videos and stuff that go online, it's either all about monster bucks or, or it's just this like, I mean, just southern we're hunting and and there's no explanation to it. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. When and when when Steve explains it to people and Steve talks about hunting, I think it really opens a lot of people's eyes to like really why we're doing it. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah most sure. definitely. I definitely. Like I like I feel how like... he
3: incorporates the like chef's side of things. Yeah. That's my favorite right. part about the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. like this is what we killed. This is how we're gonna prepare it for our family and that's cool right. as well to me.
4: Yeah, our, like yeah. one of our latest posts on our Instagram was we made these uh, jalapeno cream cheese stuffed bacon wrapped elk burgers. Like I feel like not many people know how good wild game is. Oh yeah. Like I've made wild boar ribs, I made right. fuck, sage deer ribs. Like, There's yeah, was, so many different ways to make wild game that man, is ways. way better than anything you're going to get in a supermarket. And one of those, I mean,
5: Goose. Goose yeah. meat is a huge one that a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, I mean, Goose is great. You know,
2: it's great. I was talking it's big, to somebody the other meat, day. But- Somebody I was talking to was poo-pooing on goose meat, and I'm like, I see people eating it all the time, and they're like, well, it's not that good, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna find out, and if it's bad, I'll just make sausage out of it.
5: Right? I mean,
2: I mean, yeah, no, I'm so hopefully I've got a couple more weeks. Hopefully, I get a get my first duck. So and,
6: we, uh, we usually
4: get all of our goose meat and duck meat at the end of the season and we make it into brats and snack mm-hmm. sticks yeah, jerky. And, and jerky yeah. and it, it's amazing. Yeah. But right. also if you take a goose breast, skin it out and just throw it on the grill with some like rosemary, butter, salt and pepper and just cook it medium rare. Uh, yeah. it It's some of the best meat you could ever come across. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I always I always picked on duck hunters and, and geese hunters growing up, and I think I might have mentioned it last week, but I mention it all the time just, I mean, because this North Carolina, Central North Carolina, not a lot of ducks. And now, like, I'm texting a buddy of mine today when I get off work, and I'm like, hey, man, can you please take me duck hunting on the 25th since it's the last time I'll be able to go? <laughs> I'm like, what have I turned into? But, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean. The one thing I always see with goose is like people are always making goose pastrami.
3: Yeah, it sounds good. For sandwiches.
2: I like so normal pastrami. So now, now what's y'all's goose season like out there? Um, pretty liberal limit. Y'all got a lot of resident geese? I'd imagine not since it gets pretty cold.
5: I mean, we do have resident birds here that stay here year round. Uh, so we have like this weird two part season here. Uh-huh. Uh, typically opens up uh first ish weekend of October, runs about four weeks, then there's like this weird three week stoppage. And then the second season, the regular season, kinda opens up uh sec first weekend or second weekend of November, or like no, last weekend of November I think mm-hmm. it is. Right around like Thanksgiving. Until February and then it yeah, yeah it runs longer, in the middle of February. You know, yep. But I mean we our limit is six a day. Uh, five, five,
2: mm-hmm. five a day. My bad. Five a day. Five a day. Uh, and I mean,
5: there, there's a lot of birds. Typically, we get our migrators moving in. They'll start flying in mid-November and in November start flying in hard. And you get the flocks of thousands, just yeah,
4: that's one after day. another that's day we and, had. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere here. Like right a now, weeks ago, mean, we
5: killed fourteen. Yeah.
6: Jeez.
0: Yeah,
5: I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we we usually do pretty good. We've uh. Been doing a lot of fishing lately, and a little bit of deer hunting trips, and some elk hunting trips. So we haven't gotten out goose hunting as much, right? This season, but I mean we've got, we've hit it a few, t- a good handful of times, and we've got a lot of birds, and it's a, it's a blast. I mean goose hunting. Talk to anybody that goose hunting, that goose hunts is they're gonna tell you the same thing. So it's fun. a dangerous thing to get into. <laughs> I'll tell you that yeah. right now. If you get into duck hunting or goose hunting, you go it's goose hunting once, you're gonna be addicted. Next thing you know, you're gonna be getting yourself a new shotgun. <laughs> oh man de-
2: don't, decoys, even, you know? don't even start <laughs> i know i know this duck hunting thing and i feel like i've already <laughs> talked about this i talk about it so much since this this crap started this january but <laughs> I, uh my wife says i have a problem because i get addicted to stuff before i ever even go and i'd never even like step foot on the water let alone shot at a duck and i've already got like the plans laid out on the table for how (laughs) i'm gonna build a blind to put it on my boat and she's like what are you doing Uh, Like, mind your business i can't help it this is so no and i had a friend of mine a long time ago um he had asked me uh, i didn't know the guy this well at the time but he was like you duck hunt i was like no he was like don't start I'm like, what are you talking about he's like well you'll have a dog and a new boat and da, 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 da. he's like just don't start it's too that expensive great. <laughs> so I was just like, wait oh, till well. we get
4: you out here goose hunting yeah
2: <laughs> right now so are y'all and- <laughs> are y'all hunting fields mostly a lot of yeah, ag or? for the most part
5: yeah. yeah i mean we uh we got a little chunk of land up just uh north of town fort collins and uh
2: mm-hmm.
5: i mean we we have a pit out there uh, we actually – well, we had a pit a couple years ago. We had a little cave-in on it, so we built a box blind above ground. And then uh, we this uh, fall, before it started up, somebody just came to the door.
3: Probably about the dog's market.
5: We got a new pit dug and all that good stuff. And
2: So now explain a pit to people that don't know. I've got a good idea of what it is. But this pit – right.
5: So, a pit is just a hole in the ground, really. Um, Right. Like, ours is, you know, we have ours at, like, six feet deep. It's uh, 14 feet long and five feet wide. And uh, we built a box, like, framed out – or we framed in a box in there, you know, two-by-fours and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then put up plywood, you know, walls, and then we built a lid. And then Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, you know, half lid, and then the other side are just on – you know let's on hinges so you can just flatten open when the birds will come in and you're ready to shoot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we camo up the top, you know, kind of brush it in. And so, I mean, you don't even, I mean, when you're above ground looking at it, you you can't really notice it unless you're looking hard, right? I mean, the birds don't see it. So, <laughs> so. essentially,
2: I mean, it's a bunker. I mean, in, in a way, yeah, it's a bunker. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's 14 yeah. foot long. Oh, yeah, the beer. Bunker. How many people are you cramming in there?
5: I mean, if you're cramming people, I mean, you could probably hunt five, six dudes. We like our space because there's only about four of us that like, typically go
2: out. But. I was like, 14 foot, you can fit the Denver Broncos in there.
5: <laughs> I mean, you probably could. And the true score. You could fit like six linemen in there.
2: So. Yeah. So y'all are, but y'all are spaced out, obviously. Uh, Tuggy cheek. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you 14 foot, that gives you plenty of room, four or five guys, elbow room in there to move around um yeah. not worried about hitting somebody in the head when you're swinging on geese and stuff so
5: oh no with four dudes like what we're normally hunting you got you got room i mean there's yeah. a couple feet in between each of us and you got room to lay back and kick your feet up and the birds aren't flying
2: <laughs> kick on turn on a heater cook some breakfast oh yeah oh yeah because that's had kind that of all. the intrigue with me with <laughs> a ground bo- i mean with me a blind on my year. boat <laughs> do what
4: what was that last year? I brought gravy out to the. Blind. Hey, oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying.
2: That's perfect. So oh, yeah. keeps you a whole lot warmer too. Keeps the wind <laughs> off of you and everything. So, oh, yeah, no, that's kind of my Colorado thing. Was horrible. Yeah, like, <laughs> it blows here. It's I couldn't crazy. imagine yeah,
3: right below the windiest place in the world. I think
5: Wyoming is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I've heard. And
2: so, what's the what's sure the temperature? What's the temperature where y'all are right now?
5: I think it's like 40 out right now.
2: It's like it 40? Like,
3: it was like 14 degrees it's this morning. Nice. Oh. oh, maybe it is. What mm. is it right You're now? Right. 39? But this morning, when I, I went mean, to work at hit- 5, it was like 14 degrees.
5: Yeah. yeah. Our it's lows not are cold, 23 but. right now. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're yeah. in a little
2: bit of a warm
5: here. stretch here right 58, now. 58, man. That's summer. <laughs> Mid 40s, but. <laughs> yeah. 58. That's camping with yeah. us. Yeah, I'm putting some shorts Which is, on. Pissure yeah, okay. shorts. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bro tank. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, we're not. <laughs> it, and, and, and legit for here, like this is, this is above average. But yeah, I mean, when, when you're talking 20, you're getting down in the teens and single digits. Heck, five miles an hour, five mile an hour wind cutting across a flat field. That ain't real fun.
3: Negative. It's horrible. Where we're yeah. at right now is it's Wellington where me and Corey live right now, and it's about fifteen minutes northeast of Fort Collins, and mm-hmm. it's basically Wyoming. It gets windy as heck out here. Like my grill yeah. was destroyed from leaving it on my back patio. It was thrown like twenty feet into the street. So, you yeah, it's bad, man. Like it keeps you up at night you leave anything outdoors it's gone
2: <laughs> or frozen
3: <laughs> it's bad <laughs> or oh. frozen both both i mean I'm, I'm used to growing summer.
4: up in craig steamboat area and uh-huh. it, it, it records some of the coldest temperatures in the united states we get negative 40 negative 30 pretty much right. every year <laughs>
2: yeah that's that's insane well i know when we were in breckenridge it was it wasn't that bad when we first got there but the wind was blowing well then when the wind stopped the temperature dropped like 20 degrees i think the day yeah. we left it was negative nine um and i that was a feel like temperature <laughs> obviously so
3: cold it
2: but well, by the time we left i was just kind of like well this isn't that bad i've already got used to it yeah, yeah. but it, it it was weird because we're expecting based on what we were leaving here and getting out there expecting it to be just like totally miserable and don't get me wrong it's cold i don't want to be outside that long just walking around but i was like ah, it's not as it's not as bad as i thought i just got to wear two layers of long johns everywhere i go
3: yeah basically <laughs> yeah. two pairs of socks man every day
2: yeah oh yeah a toboggans business casual
3: <laughs> yeah most definitely
2: so man well we're starting to push up on an hour here um y'all got one more story for the road and then we'll cover the Instagram stuff. Yeah, uh, is there some? Let's hear. Let's hear. The let's pictures? hear the home run story. Home run story. Right. Dealer's so choice. Many. Your your home run story of up tree.
5: There's so I, many to choose from. Kyle's
4: Kyle's elk. <laughs> oh, that was cool. Yeah, Kyle's elk was amazing.
5: That's
4: all. Yeah. So, uh, I've been trying to get my little brother an elk for
3: part timer. Uh, part timer.
4: Uh, no, oh, part timer. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think it was his fourth year, so it was two years ago, but it was his fourth year archery hunting, and uh, I've been doing everything I could to call in and out for him and get him every opportunity, and it uh, ended up being the last day morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, me and our buddy Tim and Kyle were hiking up this hill, and it was about nine. Uh, it was about 8 30 in the morning and uh, got about a mile up this hill. I let up let out a few cow calls and this bull answered probably a hundred yards from us.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
4: and, <laughs> and it was supposed to be my shot.
2: <laughs> but
4: <laughs> but I, I I I turned around and I looked back at him and I was like, get your ass up there. I, yeah. I pointed at this uh, aspen tree that was out in the opening. And I said, you go put your ass right behind that aspen tree. And he's like, okay. So he threw his pack down, hurried up there. And uh, I started calling to my buddy, Tim, started beating some branches across the aspen tree. About 10 minutes later, I was just about to let another cow call. And Tim grabbed me by the arm. Shucked me to the ground. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) What is happening? And he he pointed up, and I see this big old bull right in the opening, and I hear my little brother go, Uh And right after he did that, I hear the shot, and I look around the tree and I see Kyle, and he's just flabbergasted. He didn't know what to do. It's like <laughs> he had his bow in his hand, he's looking at me. He's like, "I don't know." And I ran up to him. And I was like, "Did you hit him? Like, what, what? What's the plan? Like, what's going on?" He's like, "I smoked him. I smoked him." <laughs> he, he, he didn't know. Did what you was believe going him? <laughs> I didn't believe him.
6: <laughs> right. Okay.
2: Because you never right. do when somebody, <laughs> especially their first one, where I smoked him. I'm like, "Okay, you I gut shot him. him. We'll like, be here I'm all like, day." Oh
4: shit! We're fucked.
2: <laughs> yeah. <So, laughs> we're going to be here all day.
4: (laughs) So I was like, stay where you're at. I I was like, I'm going to go to where he shot him. And I walked up about 15, 16 yards up the hill from him. I was like, this is where it is. He's like, yeah, right there. And about a yard after that, I picked up his arrow and it had bubbly blood all over it. And I was like, this guy's done. And I walked up about 15 yards up on the top of that hill and he died in like the most picturesque setting that you could ever see. You've seen the picture on it's one of the posts on our Instagram. Right. He, yep. the, uh, it is thick forest all the way around of it. And just that little bald knob he died right on the top of it. And it was amazing just cuz I've all like my goal when I'm hunting is to, like get other people like a trophy you know
2: right yeah to
4: get get my little brother something like that it was pretty special to me for sure
2: and and this was his first elk period
4: that was his first archery uh, it was his first archery elk he got first archery well he got one rifle elk when he was probably 15 14 Uh or 15 but ever since then yeah he's been hunting archery and that was his first archery bolt
2: I mean, it's it's a heck of a bull, and like you said, the, where it died, you couldn't have picked a better spot to take a picture. No, no. And all. he definitely he definitely smoked him too. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to I didn't want to give it away, but he smoked him. Yeah,
4: it it didn't go. I would say thirty yards around trip for sure.
2: Right. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's that's fantastic. So now why. Why is he the part-time hunter? Just not into it? Other? <laughs> he, does he do other stuff? I mean, I gotta he's know.
4: A, he he works a lot and uh, he's married. He's, so got ba- oh. he's got a baby. He's got a baby on the way. He he just had I was a getting ready to say,
2: do. one of y'all's got three kids, right? Yep. From what yeah, I heard. You know, Cody's back got, on Cody's got two and one on the way. I got, yeah, I
5: got two and one <laughs> right. and two in the oven. Doing about two weeks or so here.
2: So. Well, Cody's a full-time hunter, so <laughs> yeah. Kyle. Get with it, buddy.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, part time. <laughs> we're account. trying to tell him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a huge elk hunter. Like he 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 loves elk hunting. Yeah. Right. He, you know. I mean, I think that's his, his huge passion. Yeah. You know, and he does yeah. get out there every once in a while. I think that's Goose more than anything. Like, like
4: he's a part time hunter only because elk elk archery is his passion. You know. Yeah.
2: Like, right. Yeah. Well, and, and realistically. Y'all seasons, real legit, like, y'all seasons are part-time seasons for the most part compared to, like, what I'm used to. I'm hunting deer for four straight months. You know, yeah, I got man, a gun man. in my hand for two months. I'm, I'm archery hunting for two months. So, I mean, when you, if 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 archery hunting elk is your thing, I mean, you got, what, two weeks? Three weeks?
4: We got a month. About a month. We get like, yeah. four yep. solid okay. weekends. Yep.
2: Okay. But still, so, I, I i still a quarter of my time deer hunting, so... And when you're weekend warrior, that's not a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. Sure. You, know, you know what I mean? When you break it down and you're like, oh, it took him four years to kill it. Or you can say, yeah, it took him like seven Saturdays. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I get it. But it doesn't change the point. Kyle, full time <laughs> hunter.
3: Part time, you better listen. That's to the it. goal.
2: Full time Kyle. Yeah, full time Kyle. We'll make an entire episode about that in In 2020. <laughs> That's the goal. So, well, dudes, the Instagram, the Facebook, how can people get in touch with y'all? Check out all the content.
3: Uh, either or, Facebook slash Uptree Outdoors, Instagram slash Uptree Outdoors, and just search that on YouTube. We're all over the place, and we uh, we post frequently. We're in contact with most people that contact us, and um, we're just happy to share with everything. And Yeah. Give us a follow. Well, Give us a like. And,
2: and that's up tree. One word.
3: Up tree. Yep, yep. One word. Yep.
2: Did did we cover why you're called up tree? Because I thought y'all were a <laughs> bunch of diehard whitetail hunters when I heard the name.
5: <laughs> well, we we always have the saying like when we're going up the mountains, you know, and you're looking at the tree line, like we're heading up tree. And I know the story stretches back a little bit more with Corey and his brother Kyle. Yeah, right. that's what I always got from it, you know, it's something we were saying, like when we're going elk hunting, we're going up tree. Going up right. tree. Okay. Place, you know, and but yeah, I think the origin uh, the origination of it was
4: me and my buddies when I grew up in Craig was when we were going up snow and We
2: were going mm-hmm. up
4: tree, but we kinda like adopted it. Yeah. Like elk hunting <laughs> were, Like we were heading up tree hunting too. It was the same thing, so yeah.
2: Yeah, it works for sure. Like I said, yeah. I was dead set when I when Brian was like, "Yeah, talk to these up tree guys." I was like, "All right, whitetail dudes." And I got to look, <laughs> and I was like, "They've never nope. been in a tree." <laughs> yeah,
4: nope. So. Our, our up is more like heading up the hill yeah. than right. up a tree stand. Yeah, I yeah.
2: can cotton trees a lot. It works though, them. man. I like it. I saw a video of that.
3: <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's in my intro.
2: <laughs> I saw a video, so, so it goes both
3: ways. You know? There may have may, may or may not have been Jim Beam involved. In that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we that was about twenty
3: feet there. behind our elk camp, right where we had our campers set up. Yeah, there was a brookie pond. Yeah.
2: Well, we're gonna and we're gonna have elk hunter, uh, elk hunters galore with Uptree this fall. Right, everybody Absolutely. getting in on it. Trey, damn right.
4: Uh, Right. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna try and at least get a couple encounters, and if if not that, then I'll definitely be filming. So we'll get the yeah. part timer in
4: there too. Expect yeah. some good footage
3: <laughs> for sure. So there's a lot to look forward to, especially this year. We've got some good goals coming for just all around quality and um, some content goals and whatnot. So
2: right. Well, y- y'all will be back on for sure. We uh, we didn't really get to dive into where y'all are going in the future. Uh, we got sidetracked with hunting stories, I feel like, but still it all worked out, but yeah, no, y'all are, like, I told you last week when we were talking, y'all are doing it for fun. Whatever happens, happens. You're going to keep doing the videos, uh, no matter what, because y'all enjoy doing it and it's cool. You're not putting a ton of pressure on yourself and it's enjoyable. I mean, those videos that y'all are putting out, even though they're short, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's really, it's one of those deals. Like I watched them and I was like, Oh, a minute long video. What's this going to be? And you got to be good, honestly, to make a minute-long video worth watching to be able to hit on everything. And I think y'all did on every single one of them that you've got out there. It's perfect. Not really trying to pump up your tires too much, but it really is legit.
3: (laughs) That's great to hear, man. I love feedback like that, and I look forward to Putting out some more, and hopefully getting some more good feedback. And I think we'll know we made it when we get a couple haters. I can't wait for that moment <laughs> either.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: That's, yeah. What, well, I, that's what I'm striving for. It's a couple haters, at least.
2: You know, oh. I hadn't thought about it from that standpoint, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I need I need somebody to like to like run me into the ground on social media. <laughs> somebody to just bash route one six grind right so. yeah
3: we're a bunch of hockey players man we chirp at everyone and they <laughs> chirp at us so.
2: oh goodness we love it hockey. yeah we
3: love it yep
2: i'm that glad looks- it's not cold enough here for me to know how to play hockey <laughs> thank goodness
3: it's in our blood <laughs>
2: but well, anyway, guys, man, I appreciate y'all being on. Like I said, we'll have you back on. We'll dive into a little bit deeper. Maybe we'll do a quick rundown sometime in the near future of what your plans are for the fall. Um, the um, one thing we didn't get to talk about was the Sea State Coffee love affair that you have. Um, but people can see that on your Instagram page. I encourage everybody to go check y'all out for real. It's good, it's, stuff. Uh, it's good stuff. It's legit, man. Instagram, Facebook, like I said, Uptree Outdoors. And uh y'all boys have a good rest of the evening because it's he like seven thirty there.
3: Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's yeah. seven thirty three, and I gotta get to bed soon. Yeah. Goodness really it's gracious! It. It's old part over
2: here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, it's thirty minutes past my bedtime. It's nine thirty. So, all right, guys, we'll talk to you later.
5: Game, Thank man. you.
4: This joke brought to you in part by Frank the Tank. Don't know what a Frank the Tank is? Well, then you're screwed. <laughs> hey, did you hear the one about Orion's belt? Yeah, it was a complete waste of space. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a groaner. I, I give it three stars at the best. That's the best I can do. So uh, be sure to send all your hate mail to uh, Route 16 Grind. All right, guys. uh Love the show. I'll catch you later. I love you too, Frank. You're the best. Have a good one. Bye.
0: I think Nikki G meant to say Route one six, not Route One Six. We don't want no hate mail. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. R O O T. <laughs>
0: no, R O U T. <laughs> don't send me your hate mail. <laughs> uh,
2: keep the jokes coming, Frank. That was Nikki G, or man. Nikki, my bad. You
0: know what's funny? Uh, yeah, it's a long He's got story. got Frank to take on my brain now. <laughs> All right. Hey, Nikki G, thanks so much, man. Love hearing from you every week, brother. Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call at Route 16 Grind Hotline at 919-694-3356. And maybe you will be on our next show. In the Rock,
1: Mud, and Dirt is brought to you by Warren Industries. At Warren, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine WARN products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid Warren standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this Warren difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in
0: business, at least another 70 years. Go prepared, go Warren. Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt. This week, I'm going to cover a popular item that is becoming more common in recovery kits. I'm talking about the lightweight, easy-to-use soft shackle. Now, if you were just a wheeler, you might think there was something. this was something that was just invented in the past decade or so. But that is not the case. Strops, grommets, and shackles made from rope were found on every sailing ship for hundreds of years. At one time, it was a required skill for sailors to have the ability to make these. A modern-day soft shackle can be made from lightweight, heavy-duty SK-75 synthetic rope, with a breaking strength of 16,000 to 81,000 pounds. You might also see some SK-78, which is, has a less tendency to creep or permanently elongate over time under a load. But not all brands are alike. Take the engineering company Factor 55, for instance. They chose to use UHM WPE-12 or ultra-high ultra molecular weight polyethylene 12-stranded fiber-braided rope. Polyethylene. I'm going to work on that word. This is the most common plastic in the world. We're talking about the same stuff that makes grocery bags. Polyethylene-12 has a maximum strength to weight weight ratio uh, that is comparable to steel wire rope. Then there's another company called Bubble Rope that you might be familiar with. They use Plasma Rope-12 for their gator jaw products. Plasma Rope is also made from HPMPE or high module polyethylene, but the, the, this rope has been enhanced by a Patnick recrystallization process by Cortland, a global designer, manufacturer, and supplier of technology for vans rope slings and strength members. Cortland Bubble Rope consider plasma rope the highest strength synthetic rope available. Soft shackles can be found in various diameters, lengths, depending on intended application or load. TRE, or Tactical Recovery Equipment, makes a 36-inch diameter tree saver soft shackle rated to 40,000 pounds. The brands and products I mentioned are just examples. With uh, any hot item, there are always going to be exceptions to the rule and, of course, your own personal preference. Now the cons. They can cost more than comparable steel soft shackle. They do, do not last as long as steel shackles. Even with abrasion guard, it can become damaged or even cut if it becomes in, comes in contact with sharp edges. The pros, once that is one single piece, easy to use, fast and employ. It's lightweight and take up minimal space. The strength to weight ratio, overall strength is comparable to steel. The main reason I like the soft shackle over steel shackle is the same reason I like synthetic winch lines. If it breaks, there's no metal whipping back at you or sending multiple metal projectiles shooting around the area that can injure you, your rig, or someone else. Now, we would love to hear your opinion on soft shackles. Give us a call at the Route 16 hotline or just send us an email. All you got to do is go to Route16.com and select contact. That's dot com and select contact.
2: So I tell you, man, I don't use soft shackles for uh, jeeping or overlanding or anything, but I do use them quite a bit in uh, hunting applications, holding tree stands together, dangling climbing sticks off of them and stuff.
0: Good piece of gear. I wasn't really using them until about maybe a year ago. I right. became a huge fan. When I'm looking at space and weight, every little bit counts. The fact that they're so easy to employ, you know, you don't have to unscrew anything, screw it back in, make sure it's in all that kind of stuff like that. You just... You know, take the knot out, put it in, slide it, put it through, boom, you're ready to go in business. And I, I just do love the safety fact, factor of it. I mean, I'm looking at all those different things. A lot of times, like I said, when you get on the trail or I said before, you, you, you get on the trail, sometime you might be the guy with the gear, but you also need the guy with the knowledge. And you're yeah. tasking people to go through things. And you're making this assumption that they know how to apply and, and use something correctly. Sometimes these are easy to employ. It's not rocket science and you don't have to like worry about too much. Yeah, the great piece of gear and I think as I did the research on it and I just found out the material was the same thing that plastic bags are made of. That was kind of interesting. Yep. <laughs> My yeah, bags I'm, always uh, break at the supermarket there. What's up with that?
2: I'm very I'm very familiar with the uh high density uh polyethylene stuff and the high modulus things. We use a lot of polyethylene in pipes and stuff at work, so.
0: Oh yeah, no kidding, that's right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Well, whoever invented it, probably, I don't know, Dow Chemical or somebody, who knows, but they did a great job.
1: They got some money. Imagine walking back to your vehicle in the parking lot and seeing glass on the ground with your door wide open. Your stomach drops and your world is turned upside down. Don't become a victim of opportunistic thieves. Be proactive and install a Tuffy. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the key to locking it up. Tuffy has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for your rig. With universal and vehicle-specific options, has something for what you drive. Organize your rig and secure your gear by visiting TuffyProducts.com today. And special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. That's G-R-I-N-D in the special offer code box when you go to checkout at TuffyProducts.com.
0: Go Adventure! All right, welcome to our Go Adventure segment. This week we have a Jeeper, off-road club leader, Route 16, and Atlas 46 brand ambassador, Byron, from the beautiful state of Kentucky. Byron, welcome to the Route 16 Grind podcast, brother. Hello, Brian. I'm uh, glad to be here. I appreciate you being a great representative of the Route 16 brand, but for those that don't know you, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Uh, like you said, I'm
6: from Kentucky. been here my whole life. Uh been into jeeps, probably the last, and jeeps and off road scene since probably I was able to drive. I've been, I've had dirt bikes, uh, full size Chevys. I've off roaded them, uh, mud runs and stuff with those. Then I got into dune buggies for a little while. Then I went to, then I got to a jeep. I bought a '98 TJ that had a four cylinder. I put a two and a half inch lift under it, wheeled it quite a bit. Then sold it, went back to Chevrolets, then just had to have the jeep again i got the the jeep itch never left me so bought another 98 tj and i drove it it was just a stock uh, sierra model and drove it for probably two years it had over two hundred thousand on it when i got rid of it It was just a great little jeep then i finally found a, a 14 jk i like and i drove it i wheeled it it had the two inch lift under it and i had the I had it about a year, and I ended up finally found the, my dream Jeep, which is an LJ. I finally found an 06 LJ Rubicon. Had low, it's low miles. It's got a uh, four inch, uh, four inch lift with Curry Springs. I have put Rock Crawler arms on it. Really, uh it's got once I put the Rock Crawler arms on it, it had some Curry parts on it. Not, it needed some repairs. So I, I ended up going with the Rock Crawlers, and I've had I talked to a couple guys directly at the factory, and was really. Really satisfied with their uh, customer service side of it. I've got, I've done a few little odds and ends, just minor changes to it. I've got the lockers wired up where I can run them independent without having to be in a four low on it. Then I've got a few other little odds and ends this, this summer. And then, well, this spring that I want to do to, I'm going to change the axle shafts out, but I've got a set of chrome mollies in the front now, but I want to put a set of chrome mollies in the rear.
0: You, you mentioned something about not getting good customer support. Was that right?
6: Uh, uh, yeah, the the curry. I don't like to bad, you know talk bad about any company. The the curry customer support was not the greatest. When I called them, I had some technical questions about the length of their arms, and you know how to tell when they were need to be replaced. But when I called Rock Crawler, they were just like you know talking to me and you on the phone, just like I'd been a customer the whole you know all my life with them. They were great people.
0: You know, and sometimes that's just a a person that you're dealing with on the moment from that particular brand. Uh, I found that out. Uh. You know you know Fireman Frank, so he and I had a talk about a certain brand where I had a bad thing with them, and he's like, oh, man, they're great. So sometimes it's just really the person that day you get a hold of, not necessarily the brand as a whole. But it's tough, and every one of those moments do matter. Putting an investment into a project, you want that type of support. So I kind of get it, and I don't feel you're talking bad about it, and they shouldn't either. It's just probably good information that they should take and, and realize that you know hey it might be an area we should work on but yeah man what about zombie crawlers tell us a little about them uh well uh, zombie crawlers it was started
6: in july of 18 and it's based out actually out of Cynthia, kentucky about an hour north of me and a fellow named of uh, tony schick started it then in sept i met him in august then in september he asked me to come aboard with him we Really talked over a bunch of ideas, had some good plans for the club, and he asked me to kind of be his right-hand man then, so we've kind of taken it off this past year and running with it. Yeah, we've d- had uh, uh, some pretty good success. We uh, we have a lot of good local uh, Jeepers that come out with us on whether it's a, a parking lot party, as we call it, whether it's just uh, hanging out at local car shows, or even we do a Taco Tuesday nights a lot of times when the weather's bad. and. And just go to you know Mexican restaurant and hang out and eat and talk and talk with jeeps or whatever you know comes up that night. And we'll do uh, we try to do at least one trail ride a month. We've done uh, our first big trail ride for the group. We did a beginners ride, and we had uh, I believe it was thirty four jeeps show up. Right. And pr- and probably twenty of them had never been really off road before. So we took them to uh, down in the Slade area of Kentucky, the Red River Gorge area to a few little spots that they were just to get their feet wet, that they could put their Jeep before low and a couple of little small heels. And they were just uh, overjoyed with the excitement. It was great seeing people had never done it before, just really, really getting into the Jeep scene then.
0: You know, and I think too, is you have a lot of people that own uh, capable rigs. Uh, you know, we're talking specifically Jeep right here, but they don't know they're nervous to go take it anywhere. And a stock Jeep is, extremely capable being able to if you will kind of recruit people and allow them to join the group here and feel comfortable know they're going to be taken care of and looking out for and obviously a lot of these rigs are probably daily drivers especially when you get into like new off-roaders it's it's not a project vehicle generally it's probably their daily driver and having a group like yourself like with zombie crawlers to be able to go to as resource and get out there and It's more than just wheeling. I mean, you're getting out and seeing nature and seeing areas you wouldn't probably see just driving down the highway.
6: Oh yeah. We, uh, probably 95% of our group, the, the active ones here are local. They're all daily driver stuff. So we don't, we, we make sure that we can, we do stuff that we ain't, nobody's going to tear up their stuff. They do. We make sure we get them home one way or the other, whether we have to take them home, haul their Jeep home, wherever we need to do. So they'll have a good time. And we always want, you know, have a good time them to come back out. And join us on the next event. So it's just uh, in this past year, I will uh, we did a uh, we've did some food drives with the local with the local car scene. We raised uh, we brought in almost two thousand pounds of food for the for local food banks. Did uh, a nice toy thing. drive that supported uh, the Lexington Fire Department's toy drive during Christmas. Then our, our probably our biggest event that we did this year. We actually did it was a kind of a spur of the moment charity ride uh, for a uh, members. Actually, co-worker not even a Jeep owner. We he come to us and asked if we could help help this fellow out. His father, the father, had lost his son suddenly and didn't have the funds and stuff to for the funeral and everything. So we everybody pitched in and we and we had a couple of good sponsors. One of the sponsors was where we like to ride is uh, Hollywood Park. They pitched in a good donation. We had some good raffle prizes from from local businesses that so we raised quite a bit of money to help him out.
0: That's amazing, yep. and I think that's what makes it more family-oriented, you know, off-road clubs. Just uh, it's it's a very positive thing because of that sense of community. You know, there's someone within that community uh, that needs uh, assistance. Uh, calling up one of these clubs is one of those areas that you can resource from, and because you're also diverse too. There's a lot of people with different skills. Uh, they know different, you know, companies, brands different resources. It, it is amazing what you can find in a club. It's not this uh, cookie cutter image of just one per type of person, one type of profession, just dynamic group of people that kind of just get together because they have a common interest. And I love that being able to give that back to the community and the community resource is amazing. That's pretty awesome. What you guys do, man, I'm, I'm pretty humbled by just hearing that. So is there an event that you and your club look forward to each year?
6: None offhand. We, we try to do, the spring tri County tri-community fire department in the Zoe area of Kentucky, they do a spring clean every year. We, that is one of it. We try to get a bunch of jeepers, a bunch of club members to come to to pick up as much trash and stuff on all the trails, whether it's public land, private land as well. We do we do like it, and there's also the, the Southern Foil Drive Association does our fall meet and greet in November in the, in the Daniel Boone area, and the Red River Gorge area. So we always try to get people to join up for it.
0: Right, right. That's some beautiful area up there, man. Oh yeah, it's some of the best riding I've
6: never been out west of Moab or anything like that, but you go you could come to the Red River Gorge area. I mean there's stuff a stock Jeep can do, and there's stuff that you know, a fully built, you know, jeeps are only can handle. So it, it's got a little bit a little better for everybody.
0: So speaking like out that area, I mean, are there any hunters, fishers in your group? Oh yeah, there's quite a few
6: hunters. I'm a hunter myself, hunterman, a hunter and a fisherman. Right we, on. Uh, uh, actually, one of the couple of guys, they left the car show today, and they was going uh, going out to the range to, to swing a little lead today. So, as
0: so far as your uh, hunting season, how's it going? It was a bad year for me this year. <laughs> I did not get a
6: deer at all this year. Was, did you see any? Did not see any. They've Where we hunt at, me and my father and my son and my brother all hunt in the same area. You know, or on the same farm and it was just been a they they moved really early on during bow because my son killed a nice buck during bow season.
0: Uh-huh.
6: Or early in bow season. Then gun season come along and it's just uh they've like they've just left.
0: You know, uh I went out only a few times specifically for Whitetail. I will say this, every time I went out, I saw one. Uh, I just didn't, uh, I just didn't seal the deal and, you know, variety of different conditions and whatnot, uh, that some of it I kind of shared, but I will tell you this, I am definitely more prepared for next year.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't as prepared this year as I should have been. I didn't get, uh, my feeder set up in time and usually I try to feed most of the year. I didn't get it done in time, my Jeep, the Jeep life took over a little bit more than my hunting life did this year. So we've had so much going on with the club, so.
0: Yeah, you guys are really active, and it's, it's tough to find that balance, if you will. I've, I have no doubt you, you'll get there. Uh, you've taken a lot of leadership roles within that club to get them where they're at right now. So, I mean, I know most of the listeners may not be aware of it, but uh, if you guys follow Zombie Crawlers out on Instagram, you'll see all these amazing things Byron's talking about. So, what about over, overlanding as far as the club as a whole, individuals? Uh, any interest in that or some serious oh, yeah, traveling or uh, camping?
6: Yeah, there is uh, quite a few uh, members that do like the, you know, they're in the overlanding, and, and there's actually some. We're mainly a Jeep club, but we do let a few Toyotas and stuff in. So we have a we have a couple guys with Toyota Land Cruisers and FJs that uh, are really big in overlanding, and we've got some in, with Cherokees and even JKUs that they love overlanding.
0: Heck yeah! Are they the Cherokee XJ or the box ones? Uh, the
6: XJs that we got. Uh, XJ and a couple guys with the WJs.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, because I had an XJ man. Love that thing. I'm thinking about getting another one one day. I really do. I keep just I'm on the fence with that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, what about you know? Right now, uh, are you doing any type of uh, work on your rig? Uh, anything? What about maintenance?
6: I just did uh, my what I call my my pre winter maintenance. I changed mm-hmm. all the I changed motor oil filter, changed front and rear axle grease then, then grease everything grease all the control arms and check the transfer case fluid transmission grease checked everything out just kind of the winter maintenance because we're kind of in the downtime of riding right now it's just been so wet around here we try to you know we we always do tread lightly we don't want to right don't don't want to hurt the ground you know unless there's we we haven't been out actually on a ride in, in almost two months since the first of november so we kind of really a downtime is a, a group for a whole so
0: yeah out here our season in north carolina kind of ends like december-ish um and then it picks back up about the last week of march so that that whole three-month period is pretty much downtime i mean there are areas you could go to there's private parks you could go to for me i'm 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 big in, in the Yawari area and stuff so it, it does really turn into my downtime what about uh any big plans for the club itself this year? Uh, things you might be doing, uh, newer recruitment, or different events you might attend.
6: Uh, actually, uh, we did get approved this year uh, on a couple items. We got where uh, are we're, we're the, the only the second off road club that I that we know of in the state of Kentucky. That's a five hundred c nonprofit. Nice. So we've got uh, we're gonna have to do a little bit of changing to our membership. Right now, membership is free. So we're still working out the, some bylaws and the guidelines for membership and what entails membership. Once you you know, pay the fee, which we, we want to keep the fee as small as possible. We don't want to, right. we don't even want to charge a fee, but being 5013C, we have to. So we're, we're going to try to do a couple more fundraisers. We've got a couple local, uh, one local charity that's a foster home that will do a, a fundraiser for them in the fall. They, just diapers, wipes, a lot of baby supplies. Right.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, like, I think sometimes the tendency is to try and get with a bigger cause that is a little popular, but those smaller ones are just in, uh, as important.
6: Oh yeah. We, we uh, don't mind at all to help a national organization out uh, like mission 22 or, but we want to try to keep a lot of the money local. Yes. Cause yeah. it, it seems like, you know, when you tell people money staying local, it, it seems like more people want to help out than they do like a big national organization because they see, you know, so many people, other organizations, other people are advertising for them and trying to, you know, get donations. So Yeah. You know, and- if any member, we always tell all the members, you know, if you have a, something, somebody needs help, whether it's an individual or a, uh, another nonprofit, you know, they need help. Let us know. We'll see what we can do with them. So,
0: I totally seen the same thing when you're talking about, whereas you want to try and support uh, something local versus something on a national level. Uh, there is a tendency to, to get a little bit more support, if you will, uh, specifically toward that cause. Well, you know, far as you yourself and as your club grows and all your adventures, where can we find you? Where can people follow you? Kind of learn more about your story.
6: Uh, the best way to follow me will just be on my Instagram. I think I do more posting on it. That's why on a personal level is the Instagram is foolishhabit underscore LJ. That's really my main forum. And of course, my Facebook page is under my regular name, Byron Roberts. It's just my regular. Uh, yeah, we'll page. make
0: sure to put your Instagram definitely in the show notes. Um, and, and everyone, I'm, I'm telling you, definitely want to follow him. He always has these hashtags and he really works his uh, social media pretty well and he keeps it lively. He has a, a great response from his followers who are very interactive as well. So it's a very fun Instagram page to follow. Well, Byron, thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for everything you do for the route one six brand as well. And let us know where, where wherever we can assist.
6: I uh, sure will. And, and the, for the listeners if they want to check out the uh, zombie crawlers is uh, zombie crawlers is the instagram name but on facebook we are zombie crawlers jeep club and our facebook group is probably more is really more active than our instagram page is but just uh, we, we we there's three questions on there that you need to answer They want to join the group and that's it and we the facebook main facebook group is open to anybody any state any
1: country
0: Well, that's awesome. That's good to know there. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. All right, brother, you take care. All right, sure will.
6: Thank you for having me on. Since
1: 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy Manufacturer's Adventure Ready organization and security for your Jeep. Truck or SUV? Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by Sea State Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old stale coffee from the store and make the switch to Sea State Coffee. Sea State Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.seastatecoffee.com.
0: Chuck, what a great show, man. Another one, a double interview, lots of great information.
2: Yeah, dude, I'm, the, guests, the guests are great. The Uptree guys, were uh, they were awesome, really. I mean, the you could tell they have fun they are just enjoying the heck out of life out there, uh, taking in everything that Colorado has to offer.
0: Their content is great. Their videos, their images, they're so on point. I mean, they just, and again, I'm I'm so glad. We actually found them just through interaction on social media. So when we say we want the audience more involved in our show, these guys were audience and then we connected and then we were, you know, chatting back and forth and, then chuck was able to get with them and do a, a couple interviews <laughs> just this one yeah. worked out a little bit better but yeah. i tell you what i just enjoyed everything they shared and that really is what we're trying to be is that community uh, just like byron and his jeep club uh, yeah, what, zombie crawlers they in yeah. kentucky they do a lot of things extremely active
2: yeah no they they uh that whole like I brought it up before, the the Jeep community with the club activities and stuff, that's uh, that's awesome. The one good thing about the Zombie Crawlers is they don't discriminate. Yeah, just Jeeps, man.
0: Yeah, he said that. That's right. He, I mean, they might be a Jeep club, but they welcome anybody. Um, just yeah, some really great guests, and I I, I love the Up a Tree guys when they're talking about like they're talking about elk hunting like we talk about deer hunting. Like there's, Oh yeah. And just the whole walk up stuff. Like, yeah, that stuff don't happen, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to reach out to them. I got a buddy and that lives mm-hmm. in uh, monument, uh, Colorado. Yeah. It's not that far away from Fort Collins. You know If you will. Yeah. I might have to like, start talking to those guys about maybe an elk hunt or something, man. I was already they, looking at stuff on Colorado for getting tags, man.
2: They will, they will 100%, uh, open the doors and, and take you wherever you want to go for sure. They, they like I said, I talked to them the week before. I talked to them a little bit after the fact, they want to get out here. They, they, they're really interested in the bears. They, they kept talking about how crazy it was that I could kill so many deer here in North Carolina with uh, a $30 for a resident tag and everything. Uh, they, they really, they are some, some solid guys. We could reach out to them. We could for sure uh, go and hunt with them. Heck they, yeah. I'm
0: fishing all that. And they said yeah. it right. It's like, like the fact he was fishing downtown. Like you see this image, the guy's ice fish and you're thinking he's like yeah. off the grid somewhere. No, I'm downtown. <laughs> yep. That is yeah, awesome. They're ab- absolutely just outdoorsmen in every aspect of it. And yeah, it'd be great to link up with those guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and we're going to have them back on for sure. I'm going to let them get some turkey He's under their belt, and then uh, we'll reach back out to them after the spring's wrapped up. Chuck, we need to get some turkeys under our belt, dude. Oh, I'm. it's it's going down. I'm looking forward to it already.
0: Yeah, probably not going to happen this weekend, but we, in probably sometime February, I'm going to get the shotgun out and start putting up the targets and getting my mindset right. I might work on those calls now. I, I kind of do owe that to you. I think next time I'll do some calls, man. I didn't do any calls last time. I was like, I ain't going to do that. Chuck will do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll do it, it's, man. Uh, and, and and realistically, it's not you don't really have to be good at calling. Uh, you don't have to sound like a turkey to call in a turkey, if that makes sense. Uh, you just got to get relatively close. But I think it's more it's it's more knowing when to call, right? What bird to call at than it is the sound. Uh, and, and and you got to have the cadence down, right. As well. But yeah, no, knowing what what bird's going to be responsive. Uh, I, I used to trot off into the woods and if a turkey gobbled, he was getting called at. And if I didn't see him, I just assumed I had did, done something wrong. But realistically odds are a lot of turkeys I called at, nobody were going to call was going to call in in that situation, right. whatever the situation was. This Now it's, it's, I think that's one thing that's really changed in my success is knowing what bird is just like ready to put on a show and ready to come into those calls.
0: I, I'm going to focus this year just on the slate and the box call like i'm not going to do the diaphragms i'm not even going to mess with those this year i'm going to focus on those two and you know what we'll see where it takes me
2: realistically that's all you need yeah i mean I, I once they that. come I, in yeah you're good
0: so i'm ready i'm ready i want some like you know wild turkey man not just a drink
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining us remember if you have an idea or maybe you'd like to contribute to one of our segments all you have to do is go to root16.com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com forward slash contact.
1: Thanks for listening to the root one six grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, Sea State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared.